us up. So the Lord told me to title, entitle this sermon, What is God's Purpose? What is God's Purpose? Ephesians 1, verse 9 and 10. And he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will reach will have reached their fulfillment to bring, listen, listen, to bring all things in heaven and earth together under one head, Jesus Christ. And that is not too much to believe for because it's what the word says. It's what God said his will is to bring everything, all things in heaven and earth together, together, in heaven and earth, together, united, unified, functioning as a whole, perfected in Jesus, under one head. (coughs) I got a tickle in my throat. Even Christ, Jesus Christ. Beloved, we're here on earth. So it has to apply to us. It, it, it can't wait till we get to heaven. He said he wants to bring it all together, heaven and earth, okay? And it's going to happen through you. It's happening through you. Revival is here. By the way, you all should be bringing people to church every day. Because they, they need what you're getting. You, you owe it to your fellow man and woman to bring them to a church where you believe the Holy Spirit is speaking because they need it. It's the only way people are going to get through in these times. So God's purpose, basically then, for sending Christ is to unite heaven and earth, to unite heaven and earth, to unite heaven and earth through you. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? on earth as it is in heaven. So it's to bring truth. It's to bring the reality, the condition of heaven here. (coughs) Excuse me. The condition of heaven to earth. So that you, you and I, as believers in Jesus, can live on this earth as we will eternally live in heaven. (coughs) Did you guys get that? Do you understand what I'm saying? To live here on earth, the same as you would eternally live in heaven. The same. The same. It's it's what we are to have an expectation for. It's not too big. It's the heart of God. It's the heart of God. So the glory that we all speak about, the glory that we all desire to have, the glory that we all want to see, is union with the Father. That's what the glory is. And you've been given it. It's union with the Father. And you get to experience that here. This is not something, you know, that we need to say that's going to happen in heaven. Yes, of course. But no, it's for here. Right here. 
Jesus spoke to the Father in John 17, 5, and he defined the glory. So this is not just my definition of glory. <coughs> he defined glory when he said, John 17, 4, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Where, where, where was Jesus before the world began? United with the Father. That's the glory. He said, the glory I had with you before the world began. So that's what it is, and that's what we're to expect. Perfected union with our Father. And then he went on, Jesus went on to pray in John 17. Oh, by the way, do not put up the NIV on this. It's, I'm reading out of the Aramaic. Those of you who brought your Aramaic Bibles, lovely. Those of you who do not have the Aramaic, just please listen and, and, and really focus. Really focus. John 17, 21. That they all shall be one just as you, my Father, are in me, and I am in you, so that they also shall be one in us. Get that? They also shall be one in us. Beautiful definition. I have given them the glory that you have given me, so that they shall be one. You see this? You see there, there are multiple scriptures that support this definition of glory. I have given them the glory that you have given me, so that they shall be one, just as we are one, so that the world shall believe that you have sent me. Your unity with the Father, your unity with Jesus, your unity with Holy Spirit is so important because it's how the world is going to be drawn. Hallelujah. I in them, you and me, I mean, how many times does he have to repeat it? It's lovely that he does so we can get it. I in them and you and me so that they shall be perfected Perfected as one. Perfected as one. And so that the world shall know that you have sent me. So it is very important that we walk in our unity with the Father. And that you have loved them just as you have also loved me. The same. The very same. That you have loved them, me, you, as you have loved me. Father, this is still Jesus talking, I will, I will, I desire, I want, that, that's the way it's going to be. I will that these whom you have given me shall also be with me, that they shall see my glory, which you have given me, because you loved me, because you loved me, 
Because you love, he loves you. Because he loves you. Because you have loved me from before the foundation of the world. Now I want to back up a little bit because typically, typically, when this verse is read where it says, I will that these whom you have given me shall also be with me that they shall see my glory. Okay, typically people think that that's in heaven. That's like a physical place. I think it's a whole lot more than that. I know it's a whole lot more than that because the Lord told me it's a whole lot more than that. What this means fully, it says, you have given, that you have given me, whom you have given me shall also be with me. That means the same spiritual condition. That's what it means. That they will be with me. The same spiritual condition as Jesus. United. And it's emphasized by the fact that he goes on to say that they shall see my glory. You see that? That they shall see the glory. That they shall see my glory. That they shall see my glory. It's that we see his glory. It's his purpose for you. It's God's purpose for you. God, so if, if, I, if I were going to sort of like re- um, in, in, in a normal person's language, redefine this or re-explain it, let's put it that way, God intends for us to see his glory now that all things, all things in heaven and earth are brought together under one headship Christ, all things, heaven and earth, brought together one headship Christ, so that the world will know that God sent Jesus, so that the world will know that God sent Jesus, and that we are all loved just the same, in the same manner that God loves Jesus. So that's kind of a rewording. So you are purposed. You are absolutely intended to live on earth, one in God, one in Christ, one in union with God the Father, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. You are meant to live in union with the Trinity. Power! Authority, anointing, blessed beyond measure. You are meant to live here in this physical life in perfected union with the Trinity. And God never does anything without equipping you to do so. He equips you for his purpose. Hallelujah. In complete unity, no sickness, no lack, nothing missing, nothing broken. So, how is this accomplished practically? 
Well, it's accomplished by walking in the Spirit because Jesus sent us Holy Spirit. Okay? Every believer, see, I want everything God has. You want everything God has, right? So if he talks about it here, I want it. And I believe it's mine. Say, I believe everything in this word is mine. Hallelujah. Everything that God promises. So he's given us the Holy Spirit so that we can walk in the Holy Spirit. Every believer, every believer receives Holy Spirit when they are born again. Okay? You receive the Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to counsel you, to comfort you, and all those sorts of things. But then there is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which God also intends for every believer. If you have ever sat under teaching that says it's just for some, that's wrong, that's error. And I'm giving you permission today to get that error out of your life. Jesus lived as a man here on the earth, just like you and I, we live as men or women, dependent on Holy Spirit to lead and to guide, to instruct, to act through him. Of course, he was yielded because he wanted to do the pleasure of the Father, right? He came here to please the Father. And that's what we're here for. So if he needed the Holy Spirit to help him, we need the Holy Spirit to help us, right? So Jesus said that he would send Holy Spirit when he ascended. Well, he said it, you know, before, but he said he was going to send. After he ascended, he would send the Holy Spirit to us and that we would do greater works than he. Now, he gave you permission for that. That is not blasphemy. That's scripture. Say, I will do greater works than Jesus through Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. John 14, 12. This, again, is the Aramaic, so don't put up any other version. Timeless truth, I tell you. This is Jesus talking. Whoever believes in me, those works which I have done, he will also do, and he will do greater works than these because I am going to the presence of my Father. Union with the Father means greater works that you will do. So you and I are purposed by God. You and I are completely equipped by God, by Holy Spirit, to do greater works than Jesus. I expect it. I want everything that the Holy Spirit has come to enable me to do. I want everything. I want to do it all. I want to do it all. I want to do all he wants me to do. So Jesus secured this reality. This is the reality Experience, worldly experience is not the reality. So Jesus secured this reality for you when he ascended to heaven, when he ascended to heaven, 
and sent Holy Spirit. John 14, 16. This is Jesus speaking. And I shall request from my Father, and he will give you another Redeemer of the accursed. See that? Redeemer of the accursed. Redeemer of the accursed. Okay? We've been given the Holy Spirit. That he will be with you for eternity. He is the spirit of truth whom the world, the world, the world, okay, that excludes believers, the world cannot receive because it has neither seen him nor known him. See, but you know him. When you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know him. But you know him for he dwells with you and he is in you. Now, just so y'all don't think that I'm just saying stuff that y'all already know, you need to stay tuned in. Because if we all walked in this to the full, we wouldn't experience any sickness, we wouldn't experience any lack, any depression, any oppression, and you would walk through a room and everyone would be delivered. Okay? So don't think that you don't need to hear this or that you already know it. Because none of us knows this to the full. And if we want to be instruments of revival, which you are, and you are called to be, we need to walk in this to a fuller and fuller measure. It's not that God's keeping it out. It's that there needs to be something unclipped opened up in our spirits that we walk in the fullness of this. Because this is meant for every Joe believer. Right? Okay. So it has, says here, the spirit of truth. Okay, defined in the Greek, the word truth means reality. That's what it means. It means divine truth, divine reality revealed. That's what it means. Divine reality revealed. Divine truth revealed. (coughs) So, by Holy Spirit in us, we are united in divine reality with God. I am not preaching too big to you, Beloved, if you're going to believe for this, I want you to say it. By Holy Spirit, I am united in divine reality with God. Which supersedes every worldly appearance. Hallelujah. The things that the world is trying to show us are superseded by the divine reality of God in us. Hallelujah. Divine reality. Truth is truth. There's one truth. 
There's one truth. And it is only the word of God. It trumps, absolutely trumps worldly existence. It trumps worldly appearances. It trumps worldly circumstances. It trumps worldly conditions. It trumps worldly experience. It trumps worldly truth, which we can't even call truth. So today, we're going to be discussing Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit in me. Hallelujah. Acts 1.1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day, listen, until the day he was taken up to heaven. Listen, this is important. This is a very important part. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit. How did Jesus give instructions? Yes, through Holy Spirit. He said it's it's right here in the scripture. Well, if he gave instruction through the Holy Spirit, then you need Holy Spirit. You got to have it. Say, I got to have Holy Spirit. 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 Welcome you, Holy Spirit. I welcome you. I welcome you. I welcome you. Until the day he was taken up to heaven, after giving, you should never be embarrassed by Holy Spirit. Never be embarrassed by Holy Spirit. He will bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you, and only bless you. And he will only bless the people around you. Go ahead, let, let the world call you crazy. It's not crazy. It's the only sane way to live. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. By the way, you're chosen. Every person on this planet is chosen to be a believer. And it's, God, it's God's heart that that happened, and that's why, as our brother was saying, we are going to have a mighty harvest. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. Why are we having this message today? Well, it's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, I was going to have this message even before I knew it was Pentecost Sunday because the Lord told me to have this message this day. But there is a reason when the church is born by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 
He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. 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 Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. This is Jesus. This is Jesus talking. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a command. He's not, God is not going to command you to have something that he's going to withhold from you. So it has to be for everyone. Not just, this is not just take it or leave it. Ah, that, you know, that's for the way out there. That, that's for the, the, the Jesus freaks. <laughs> but see, we're not freaks. We're the sane ones. We're Jesus people, yes. We're Jesus followers, yes. Show me more and more and more and more and more how to follow him. Holy Spirit does that for us. You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this is not take it or leave it. If we want to walk in the fullness of Christ's dispensation, of all that Christ dispensed, we have got to embrace Holy Spirit. Acts 1-7. He said to them, this is Jesus speaking, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everywhere. To the ends of the earth. So, Holy Spirit is a gift promised. Promised to every believer to give you power, power to be Jesus' witness here on earth. Right? So, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You will be baptized, and you will receive power. End of discussion. The way it is. So, power for what? Why is this important? Power for what? Power for all that Jesus did. And greater. And greater. Say, and greater. Power for all that Jesus did. And greater. To live like Jesus here on earth, not waiting until we get to heaven, and to do greater works. 
to live like Jesus here on earth, to live just the way that Jesus lived. Now, you're not Jesus. I'm not Jesus. But we are his image. So, what does power, what does that power include? Okay, for one thing it includes is wisdom. One thing it includes is wisdom. Let me give you the scripture on that. Acts 1, 1 and 2. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. So he gave instruction through the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit gives us wisdom and it gives us wisdom to instruct. Right? Does that make sense to you guys? Power to be witnesses of Jesus. Don't think you can't do it. Don't think this is too lofty. This is the divine reality that we're supposed to walk in all the time. And he'll help us. He'll help us. He knows we fall short. But we're not supposed to get stuck there. (coughs) So power to be witnesses of Jesus. Power to testify of Jesus. Power to testify of Jesus. To be Jesus' actual testimony here. You, 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 me. We are to be Jesus' testimony here. To be the testimony of Jesus through Holy Spirit. You are designed to be the testimony of Jesus. Do you understand I'm not saying to give a testimony of Jesus? Do you understand I'm not saying that? I'm saying to be. I'm saying to be the testimony of Jesus. So what is the testimony of Jesus that we give? What is it? It's prophecy in our own lives and in the lives of others. It is a prophetic decree. Whatever you testify of Jesus is a prophetic decree in your life and in others' lives. Do you you really get the import of that? The testimony of Jesus is prophecy. It is prophetic decree. It is divine truth. I'm going to give you a scripture on that. Revelation 19.10, again, this is in the Aramaic. And I fell before his feet and worshipped him, and he, this was an angel, this was an angel, said to me, No, I am your fellow servant and of your brothers who have the testimony of Yeshua. We as believers, brothers and sisters, have the testimony of Yeshua. You are the testimony of Yeshua. The world must have you. You are the testimony. You are what they are going to see and experience. 
say, I, as a believer in Christ, am the testimony of Yeshua. The only reason you didn't just say that is because you don't believe it. I would encourage you to change your thinking because this is all straight scripture. That's where we fall short is we don't believe in the fullness of Jesus and what he's given. I know sometimes our experience falls short, but that should not define the reality of the word. So if it says it in the word, find it. If it says it, believe it in your life. Quit sitting around saying, I'm a broken down, poor excuse. I've made too many, ex- you know, I'm a sinner. No, no, once you're a believer, you're not even defined as a sinner. You are a saint, you are a believer, you are a beloved. So quit insulting God. Quit insulting everything that Jesus has done for you. Quit insulting the blood that he poured out for you. That just going to hurt you. Doesn't, you know, doesn't change him. <laughs> but it hurts you in your life. No, I am your fellow servant and of your brothers who have the testimony of Yeshua. Worship God, rather, for the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. What do you want to prophesy in your own life? What do you want to prophesy in others' lives? Well, the Lord just told me to say this, and I don't have time to go into all this right now. But you need, I need, everyone needs to get rid of sin consciousness if you're in Jesus. You have been delivered. Did I say have been? You have been delivered. from the curse of sin and death. You're either going to believe that you're delivered and it's done and it's, it's a, it's, he finished it on the cross and you now have dwelling in you the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's the only spirit that lives in you right now if you are a believer. So, for the testimony of Yeshua is the spirit of prophecy. It is the declaration of divine truth in your life and the lives of others. It is, it is the meaning of heaven and earth here. It is the meaning of heaven and earth. The union of heaven and earth here. That's what it is. And that's how we're intended to walk. Galatians 5.25, doesn't it say, if you live by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. 
Okay, Acts 2, verses 1. I'm reading a very lengthy passage here that's going to bless you tremendously. Acts 2, verse 1 through 24. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. It filled the whole house. I've always wondered, how could they be sitting? How could you be sitting? How could you be sitting when this happens? (laughs) But they were. Okay. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Each of them. Nobody left out. Nobody left out on each of them. All of them, all of them were filled with Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. All of them, all of them, all of them were filled and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven, When they heard this sound, can you even imagine, okay, it just told us that they're in Jerusalem, okay, these people are in this upper room, but all these people in Jerusalem heard this. This was not a quiet event. It's going to get loud. (laughs) Okay. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Okay, let me give you an example of this. This is a true example. I know this person. One day, she was at work, and she had a, a co-worker who went out on the, maybe some of you heard, already heard me say, say this, so it'll be good for you to hear it again. So she went out onto the parking lot, th- my friend, and the co-worker went out there and had like some sort of seizure or heart attack or whatever it was and fell down as dead on the ground. And so my friend goes over there and just starts praying in the spirit, in tongues, praying in tongues over that lady. Okay, in the meantime, I guess they're calling the ambulance. So she starts praying in tongues over the lady. So the lady becomes revived. They take her to the hospital. She comes, she gets better. You know, she's better, she's healed. She comes back later and talks to my friend. Okay, this friend was Muslim, the, the lady that fell down with the issue. She was Muslim. She was not a believer. She came back to my friend 
and said, when you were praying in that language, you were praying perfect Arabic, and what you were praying was the salvation message and healing, and I got saved and healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, that lady, my friend, just allowed the Holy Spirit to minister. We need Holy Spirit, and we need baptism with speaking in tongues. We need it. Because Holy Spirit intercedes the perfect will of God. When you don't know how to pray, and you pray in tongues, God is praying through you. Okay. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazing. Now, that's just one example of tongues, okay? That's just one example. It's okay, you understand that. It's not always exactly that way. Amazed and perplexed, they answered one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Hallelujah. In, and this is what it, what it is. In the last days, God said, I will... I will pour out my spirit on all, la, 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 all, all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's why we had someone come forward and give us a, a vision. Even on my servants, both men and women, both men and women, Nobody has the market here. Men and women. So just get rid of that old religious hat. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues is for all who receive Jesus. It gives you power. It gives you supernatural demonstration. It gives you wisdom. These are just blessings. It gives you instruction. It is one evidence. It is one evidence of the testimony of Jesus in our lives. It is one evidence. It brings heaven and earth together. It is the Spirit of God alive manifest in us. Holy Spirit prays God's will 
through you when you do not know how to pray. Okay, let's move on, because we have a lot more to cover. Acts 2.22. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man, listen, 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 listen. Accredited by God to you. Accredited by God. How? By miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God, but God, but God, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death. Do you know God has come to free you from the agony of any death-like situation in your life? If it is not the fullness of Christ, the perfection of Christ, he has come to set you free. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It is impossible for darkness to keep its hold on you. Acts 2.31, and this is Peter speaking. Seeing what was ahead, he, this is David, or speaking of David, spoke of the resurrection of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. The resurrection of Christ. You have a resurrected Christ living in you. I have a resurrected Christ living in me. He spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God. In other words, union with God, right? Union with God, that's where we started. Union with God, right? He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, And he has poured out what you now see and hear. So if he poured it out, is it meant for you? Yes, it has been poured out for us as believers. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. That's why we had repentance service last Sunday. Repent and be baptized. Isn't it amazing how, like, we don't even know what we're doing and, like, God just puts it all together? Isn't that awesome? Don't you wish we could, like, take credit for it? (laughs) My goodness, what would we do without the Holy Spirit? (laughs) He's amazing. Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, and in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children. 
How many of you in here are going to receive that for your, every one of your children? Your offspring, your children's children. I receive that for every generation <laughs> until the rapture, and we're all going to go together. Hallelujah. <coughs> and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promises for you and your children, and for all who are far off. See that? For all who are far off. Does that, ex does that exclude anybody? No, it said all who are far off. What's a far off person? Someone who has not yet received Jesus. For all whom the Lord our God will call, because he calls us all, some answer. And we want more to answer, right? So, Jesus, exalted to the right hand of the Father, received Holy Spirit, poured it out on us for all believers. We are intended to receive Holy Spirit baptism, the same Holy Spirit by whom Jesus did all of his mighty works when he was on the earth. If he needed him, I need him, you need him. We are seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father. You are heirs of God. You know, we all focus on co-heirs with Jesus, which is awesome. That's great. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. But also heirs of God. Heirs of God. Co-heirs with Christ. United with God. United with Christ. He doesn't leave it out. The promise of Holy Spirit. If Jesus, listen... If Jesus was accredited to us, remember we just read that scripture, if Jesus was accredited to us by signs, miracles, and wonders, how are we accredited to the world? Somebody got it. But whom do we seek? Yeah. Yeah. We seek Jesus. And then, Holy Spirit working through us, we are accredited to the world. They will see. They will be drawn when they see those things. I'm about to say something. <laughs> I don't know if I really should or not. But, but it's truth. Don't ever let it out of your mouth when you see someone that's not healed. Do not ever tell them it's because they don't have enough faith. You could destroy their faith that way. Don't ever say that to anybody. Do I think it's important to have faith? Yes. Does our faith in Jesus open up healing for us? Are we healed by the stripes of Jesus? Yes, 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 yes. But there are so many examples in the Bible where people knew nothing of Jesus and he performed a, a wonder, a sign, a miracle in their life and then they came to Jesus. Jesus. 
So we are accredited to the world in the same way. When we do signs, miracles, and wonders in the name of Jesus by Holy Spirit. And they are drawn. Acts 4.28. So this is Peter and John, and they're speaking to those who conspired against Jesus. Verse 28. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. That world out there is threatening. But you have Holy Spirit, and you are enabled to speak accurately by Holy Spirit with great boldness to bring others to him in this end-time harvest. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit equips us to do the work, to bring heaven to earth. Did I say to bring heaven to earth? Did I say to bring heaven to earth? In signs, in wonders, in miracles, in wisdom, in instruction. Hallelujah. Acts 4.33. With great power. With great power. The apostles continued. This is not passed away. <laughs> this is not passed away. If you're in a church that's saying this is passed away, get out of that church. Run. Run so fast that you, like, like it's like, like you're like a wind. You're like a breeze. You're like lightning. Get out of that church. And I'm not speaking against churches. But if you're in a church that teaches that this has passed away, you're missing it. You're missing so much of what God has for you. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection. Healings, miracles, signs, wonders, wisdom, all of it of the Lord Jesus, and much grace was upon them. Say, with great power, I testify to the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. We are talking death-defying resurrection power. We are talking death defying resurrection life. We are talking the spirit of life of Christ Jesus in us. 
We are talking the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in us. And much grace was upon them. You see, this is to be the church today. This is to be the church today. Empowered. An empowered church. Holy Spirit-filled church. This is God's intention for the church. Well, who's the church? So this is his intention for you. This is his intention of how you are meant to work. It is completely available, completely available. It is completely the here and now of God, the here and now of God, the here and now of God. And it's why the Holy Spirit was sent, and I want everything that the Holy Spirit has to give. Our reality... Our truth, our demonstration on this earth is to walk, to walk in Holy Spirit power the same as Jesus. The same. We are his image going forth in demonstration to his glory. He says that glorifies him. To his glory. Always to glorify the Father. So, as I look around, I'm really sad for, some, for unbelievers that aren't here today. I was going to have a salvation call, but everybody in this room is saved, right? <laughs> Thank you, brother. Okay, so we won't be doing a salvation call, but we are going to do the laying on of hands for the infilling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. Please do not be embarrassed, no matter how old you are, or even if you've gone up five billion, quadrillion times. 